Welcome back, Western Kabuki, beautiful listener, but not only to our beautiful listener, but also to our esteemed guest who has decided to uh, run the gauntlet with us once again, Mr. Brian Krasenstein. Brian, how you doing? Good, good. It's good to be here. Hell yeah, man. Um, Yeah, so we uh, just wanted to sort of have a conversation with you, Brian, about like some of the developments since the last time we talked, because... um, well, last time we talked, we like, there was no um, revenue sharing or anything. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with Twitter's new uh, whatever you want to call it format? Yeah, I, I so I got a payment about I guess it was like two and a half months ago now. Uh, it was very surprising. I, I wasn't expecting even close to that amount, uh, and and it's. A lot of other creators have as well. Oh, I, I got mm-hmm. another payment a month after that, and then another one about five days ago. Cool. And so with that whole revenue sharing stuff and everything, like, I guess my real question, and I was listening, I've listened to a couple of your spaces that you've done with Ed and, and talked about strategies to get other people to share in the wealth, so to speak. And I, I'm wondering, like, how do you view the platform of of X of Twitter now? Like, what? How would you describe it to somebody who doesn't understand what it currently is or how it currently functions? Yeah, so I, I mean, it's very similar to how it was before Musk took over in November. Uh, the only major changes I think are that now they're really pushing subscriptions so that you can get that blue check mark and additional features and also monetize and the fact that you can monetize uh, and by monetize i mean if you make a a tweet or an, a post whatever you want to call it uh, and there's comments under that post and there's they basically twitter will place ads within those comments as well as within the post on your profile and then share a cut of that revenue they get from the advertisers with you as a user. Uh, so you so, don't see any functional difference between how Twitter works now and how it did, say, a year ago? Uh, so I wasn't on Twitter uh, a year ago. Right, uh, sure. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, but, no, but, uh, you know, before, because you were on Twitter. But I, I think when we had you on last time, you I, I don't remember the exact timeline. I think you just recently got unsuspended. Yeah, November of last year, I was unsus- unsuspended. Yeah, and, and my wife had an account. I, I went on it every now and then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, like function functionality wise, it's it's not really a whole lot different. It's the the way that comments under a tweet are ranked has changed. Uh, the comments of people who either subscribe to you or comments of people who are Twitter blue, or I guess it's now called X premium users and pay that $8 a month. Those bubble to the top, uh, while comments from people who aren't premium users and comments uh, from people who are somehow uh, delineated as posting offensive content are pushed to the bottom. So so right away with that, that doesn't necessarily hold. Something I've seen you talk about more recently, you've posted a little bit about it. You, you've kind of been saying how with the whole new system, the blue check system, it, it, um, it, 
encourages people to not post, you know, more offensive content. But in a lot of people's experience, like in my experience on uh, specifically a lot of other trans people or just other different groups, different minority groups, that like that new blue check system highlights a lot of hateful comments and in in a lot of ways monetizes it, you know, because like Tim Pool is an example or like Jordan Peterson, they theoretically and probably do have monetized comments. And just recently, Jordan Peterson was disbarred from the the Canadian psychology board for a lot of his hateful content people he's been he's trying to like make it seem like it's a free speech thing but if you actually look at like the discovery of the court case it's it's it shows not even like political stuff it shows comments that he's made about like people killing themselves or like um what was the big one? Oh, the, the one with like the the plus size model. How how he would say that they're like not beautiful and stuff like that. So like it, it in a lot of ways and from my perspective, it encourages people to monetize really inflammatory content. Yeah. So I, I like I'm not going to dispute that. I, I think that everybody's going to have a different experience. And and yeah, I, I think there's definitely some bad people who are paying for for X premium or Twitter Blue, whatever you want to call it and are then taking advantage of that, I'm guaranteeing you that's the case. Uh, I, I would say that overall, from the people I've spoken to, though, it has weeded out a lot of the hateful comments. A and by doing, but the way it does that is it pushes them down to the show more section. And I don't even read the sh show more section. But if there is a Twitter blue subscriber X premium subscriber that wants to post something really bad, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna bubble more to the top. Um, the other thing is the ad revenue share. This this actually kind of pushes people to post less outrageous, less hateful content because that content hasn't been being monetized. Uh, when an advertiser goes to place an ad on X, uh, they they actually have new sensitivity uh, sensitivity ratings where they can where the advertiser can select uh, whether they want to advertise against relaxed relaxed content, which would be pretty much not anything but very relaxed regulations, moderate or more conservative content. And by conservative, I don't mean like like right leaning. I mean just very conservative in in that you don't want your content. Uh, you don't want your ads published on content that could be slightly outrageous or, or slightly hateful. Um, so what we found out last week is that a lot of the people who were posting some of this, this bad content, if you want to call it that, are not getting paid nearly as much, if at all, compared to those who aren't. And, and I, I actually had this whole Twitter space a couple nights ago with Laura Loomer, uh, who is very far right uh, and who has been posting content that I would say could be construed as hateful by some people, right? Uh, at, or at the very least, a, a little bit outrageous and, and divisive. Uh, and she was complaining that, hey, I, I, I had the same impressions as you. I made $190 in the last couple of weeks and you guys made $5,000 each. Why this isn't fair uh, and whatnot. And I just explained it's based on what kind of content you're posting and then what the advertisers are actually targeting. So that incentivizes people to be less hateful, to be less outrageous, to be less divisive and adhere to 
kind of a more moderate approach, I feel. See, I, I would like to push back on that just really quick. I'm looking at a Tim Pool uh tweet five days ago i think we all pretty much agree tim pool's like a pretty disgusting uh pretty awful dude bad politics pretty pretty awful dude he claims he didn't show it but he claims in the last two months he's made four thousand three hundred seventy seven dollars from the ad revenue which i would argue kind of counters what you were saying because he he kind of launders a lot of right-wing kind of far-right hateful especially he's had laura loomer on his show he's yeah yeah he's yeah. he's a really bad dude so like i, I feel like you're being very selective okay, so, with- so so here let me give an example of, okay. of tim pool so tim pool actually complained that he wasn't making enough money and over those last two months tim pool actually has more impressions than i do he made i think 4500 and i, I made twenty thousand. so what's the so what is that proving so, so it's proving that posting that content that Tim Pool posts is make, making him a quarter of what he would get if he w- wasn't posting as divisive rhetoric as he does. So you think, so you think the revenue sharing is from is being divvied out by the divisiveness of the content that people are making. So, so, so I, I, I kind of dove into this uh, because of the things Laura Lomer were suggest was mm-hmm. suggesting, and. and with this, these new sensitivity settings that Twitter rolled out, I think it was like maybe three weeks ago, uh, but I think they were testing it prior to that. Uh, there's, it, it's actually related to, to GARM. Uh, they're using the GARM guidelines, and, and, and GARM is this, the Global Alliance for Responsible Media. And what GARM does is they, they use machine learning to help companies d- decide what what co- what advertisements are going to be shown on their content and if you go to the garm website which is wfanet.org you'll see a whole list of the high risk medium risk and low risk types of content under different categories uh, and this is actually what twitter's using with because they've teamed up with a company called integral ad sciences to allow advertisers to better target content that is safe and suitable for them. I mean, I I have never heard of Garm before, but I have a lot of trouble uh, trusting an advertising platform to do what's right by trans people and minority in this country. Well, well, well you know, I, I, I don't disagree with you totally there, but remember advertisers, the bulk of advertisers aren't going to want to advertise against content that is derogatory towards trans people. At least I hope they don't, right? Well, that's provably not true on x because the people who were afraid of the uh the people who were afraid of the um the takeover by elon have already left uh because of elon's past transphobia so it's actually i would say safe to assume that a lot of advertisers on x currently are comfortable with hate speech well but yeah no that, i mean that's kind of the argument i'm making so these these guidelines are actually produced by garm which is this group of literally thousands and thousands of advertisers. So so they if they're not comfortable with that hate speech, these advertisers are the ones that are making these guidelines that Twitter is now using in their in their uh basically the system they're using to allow advertisers to select what kind of content they want to use. Yeah, I guess my thing is I just wouldn't trust Garm. Uh sorry Caleb God. Well, in a post you made, uh, I don't know how long ago this was, and I'm assuming probably that it was prior to um, Garm 
being released. You had made a post long form about how to make money essentially on the new X. And one of the things that you had said, there are a couple of things that stick out to me that are relevant to this conversation, but one of them was you have to understand the algorithm. Do you think that it's possible that you are just far more savvy considering your past and um, kind of how you operate on X than Laura Loomer is that maybe she's focused on getting out a message more, even if it's a bad message, she's more focused on getting her message out than say playing to the algorithm. Could that contribute to why you're making more money than her? And then I have a follow-up when you're done. And also, can I can I just expand on that really quick? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I thought may, maybe I'm incorrect, but I, I specifically remember two different times Elon specifying that the ad revenue a specific content creator gets is linked to how many X premium or Twitter blue subscribers view someone's post. That it, was it, and my that, next that's part correct. Too. Oh, yeah. that was your follow up. Okay, mm. okay. So, so to me, that seems like it's going against um, what you were saying. Also, but go on. Sorry. Uh, uh, for interjecting there, no, no. So, 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 so what, how do you see that that is going against what I'm saying? Well, I guess my question was: Do you think that it's possible that you're just more focused on the algorithm as opposed to getting out a singular message, even if that message is bad? And I guess also by your own, again, this is pre-GARM rollout, I believe. Uh, you ha- have, I think, more than once made the assertion that if people are trolling you, that's actually good for you because you are getting money from them ostensibly, or at least creating an audience for people who are buying into the X blue subscription where you get your money from to kind of a place for them to put their eyes on. So that gets you money. So I guess what I'm saying is your targeting of the algorithm seems to suggest maybe that has more to do than, than hate speech. And it also seems to, by your own admission, uh, create an environment in which trolling is encouraged. Okay, so, so, so there's two separate things here. So there's the algorithm that actually ranks posts and gets your post seen, right? And then there's the algorithm that determines which content gets ads placed and, and allows you to earn. So the trolling comment, I, it, it, it is true. So like if, if I make a post and a ton of people comment on it trolling me, the, the Twitter algorithm will actually help boost my post, not not their post, not their trolling trolling comments, but my post because you're getting a lot of comments and Twitter changed the algorithm where they're boosting posts that have more comments as well as replies to comments in, in a post. So yeah, so, so trolls and getting ratioed, if you want to call it that, would actually- mm. So you're saying you make money post. off being a punching bag, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's part of the algorithm, right? <laughs> but but at, at the same time, as people began to realize that, hey, the Krasensteins are making all this money because we're trolling them and, and ratioing them, they stopped doing it. Not all of them, but I've noticed a drastic decrease in that. So it's making people think twice, should I troll this person, boost them in the algorithm and, and help them make money? But you, I mean, you wouldn't have like insider info, like, for example, if those comments were being deleted or something like your observation of what is happening um, is just your observation, right? You don't have insider info. So, so, as, so, uh, like, so, so X has uh, open source their algorithm. It's, it's on GitHub. Uh, anybody can read it if, if you can understand the code. Um, 
it's not a hundred percent an algorithm. It's the like the front end of the algorithm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. there's there's yeah, variables yeah. that we don't know exactly what those variables mean. So you can get a general sense for how things work. And there's a lot of people that kind of go through the like I think it's like fifteen thousand lines of code and pick out basically what the variables mean and and how it, how you can post in order to get more engagement. So with that in mind then because you had mentioned um you had mentioned that like trolls are uh disincentivized but i would call somebody like end wokeness a troll i would call somebody like dc drano a troll and they are also being monetized now cat turd famously is not but he's the same sort of person (laughs) and and the it, it seems kind of myopic to say well the krasenstein brothers their trolls are calming down so the fact that like these literally violent individuals in the form of those people in the form of of hyarachic like these people are making money off of twitter because they are spreading hate speech and and let me add for context for for brian if you haven't seen it or listeners i'm looking at end wokeness they claimed about two weeks ago that they've made $14,000 from Twitter advertising. And this is the account, keep in mind, that posted like race science that Elon Musk was in the replies of being like, huh, curious. And this person constantly targets trans people. So this person has made over $10,000 from what I would describe as some of the most hateful content on on Twitter. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that there are there are these people who are hateful that are making a lot of money on on Twitter or X. Um, so I, th- I think I so I think to to kind of I don't want to say we're beating around the bush, but I, I feel like the point we're all trying to get at is, don't you feel like this that maybe not you, but don't don't you feel like you're well, being used in a way? I would actually like to know. I would like to know how you feel. That way is what I would like to know is how yeah, do you yeah, feel yes. collecting checks from the same from as the same checks that somebody like End Wokeness is. So. so uh, well, first of all, like I, I would have been, I would be posting, tweeting regardless of if I got any money. I, I wasn't expecting to be paid at, at least until February when Elon said something, and then at that point, I was expecting to get maybe ten percent of what I did. Um, so if they cut my check, I'd, I'd be posting the same way as I do now. Uh, w- with that said, I do feel that overall, like it is working. Like I, I get it. Like Elon's been posting things that I totally disagree with. And I'm sure most of you guys disagree with a lot of the things he posts and, and even how he's running X. Uh, I disagree with some, some of those things. With that said, though, from what I've seen and from what I've heard from other people, and, and this isn't everybody, if, if you're a trans person, I'm guessing that that's probably not the case. And, and that's, that's horrible. But from what I've seen, the overall amount of hate based on the new algorithm changes where you don't have these basically accounts that don't verify themselves with a credit card, but boost getting boosted. And also the fact that you have advertisers selecting who, what content they're advertising against based on how hateful that content is. I think that the combination of the two is starting to work. I think it's not, it's going to take a while. It's not going to be perfect. I think that under Dorsey, you you still had some horrible, hateful things happening. I mean, I saw myself. I saw anti-Semitic comments all the time under 
Dorsey. I see them under under Musk. But honestly, I haven't seen them as much in the last probably two months. Can I ask you another question about that specifically? Because when we're talking about anti-Semitism, you specifically have, have brought this up that you would participate in a space with Nick Fuentes. Do you understand why somebody might think that you're operating in bad faith by saying, okay, you know, the trolls generate us money. We're making money off being a punching bag here. And yes, I'd be happy to speak with Nick Fuentes. Do you understand why maybe? Yeah. You know, like, like, so first of all, like, I, I think I do remember commenting something like that. I was actually asked, uh, by Tim Poole or somebody working for him to come and debate Nick Fuentes. And I, I, I refused. Um, it, it was just something that they threw out there. There wasn't anything set up. I did refuse that. Uh, I I don't know if I would do a Twitter space. It, I I think it would it, it would take a lot. I I would have to think about it for a while and think about if there can be anything productive. You in, said in a do you believe on Twitter that, that you a would. Jewish person could have a productive conversation with a, an admitted Nazi? Uh, I don't have a problem trying to understand where somebody's hate comes from could it be productive to understand why he thinks the things he does i don't know i i, I think maybe could it be lucrative could it be lucrative I, I mean doing a twitter space isn't making me money unless i i guess i get followers and then people start looking at my posts uh, but it, it wouldn't i i would never put that in the equation uh, i mean there's no chance you guys would be doing twitter spaces every day if you weren't making money no, I I do Twitter Spaces. Be I, I actually like talking. It get it gets me followers. Uh, whether it's making me money, I'm I'm sure it's making me some money. But I I see Twitter as I see having a following as just opportunity later later on. No matter what I decide to do. Yeah, I, of I think, course. But you weren't doing Twitter Spaces every. You said you got your account reinstated in November, and you said you weren't doing Twitter or you weren't doing Twitter Spaces every day until you got paid. I mean. We no, saw no, that I, happen. I, I I would say that before I was paid, I was doing Twitter Spaces about the same amount. I, I was on Clubhouse, and I, I used to do Clubhouse all the time. And then I I was didn't have a Twitter account, so when Twitter unbanned me, I I mean I was used to it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have the statistics, but I I don't think that I started doing more Twitter. I, actually, let me correct that. Be that I do think I started doing more Twitter Spaces after getting paid, only because. I, I felt like I had something to talk about. Most of my Twitter spaces are about the algorithms and about monetization. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, maybe I did. Well, you know, you know, Brian, you and your brother did a Twitter space with the QAnon shaman like a couple weeks ago. To me, yeah. that is as bad as talking to Nick Fuentes. That guy is like a lunatic. I don't understand like what to you is the material difference. And like, what do you get out of promoting that guy? I, I wouldn't say it was promoting him. I would say it was having a discussion with him. I, I don't like, I get it that some people think you shouldn't platform individuals based on their views. And in some cases, I, I agree. I don't think there's harm in having a discussion and trying to understand these people. I mean, talking, talking to Chansley, it was clear that he was just so far out there. And I think that if the people that were listening couldn't tell tell that. I don't think I don't think that that by not by not having that space, it would have made them any less or more uh, persuaded by his views. 
I, I, I think that it was just like, it was just an eye opener for people. I, 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 I don't. I think that's really fair um, about Chansley. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying as far as like having somebody on that you don't agree with doesn't necessarily make you a co-signer of everything that they say. But I also think that Jacob Chansley is very obviously quite mentally ill um, and has been uh, behaving in erratic ways for like a decade online now. Uh, And I, I'm just not so sure what value you thought the listener was going to get out of listening to this unwell felon who uh, violated He's a domestic the, terrorist. Let's call him a what domestic he is. terrorist who broke into the Capitol. Well, so 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 first of all, he's out of prison, right? He served his time. He, I, I didn't approach him to do the space. I, I made a promise months and months ago that if, if I ever if I ever attack somebody or talk about them in a tweet that I had always given the opportunity to confront me on a space. And he contacted me and he said, I want to talk to you on a space. I want to have a discussion. And he, it was, it was, he was nice about it. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I kind of owed him that since I made a post about him and I felt like he he deserved to at least push back on what I it's said. It's not the WWE. This is real life. I mean, just because he called you out for the title at WrestleMania yeah, yeah, doesn't but, mean you have but, to give this but, guy a space. Right, but it, it's it's a discussion. Like like what like did I you, said, what did you think that the the take the what was the takeaway from talking to this guy? <laughs> so I, I got game? comments from people on the right, people from the left, right, and people on the right both attacked me and praised me. People on the left both attacked me and praised me. I think the takeaway is that that we could get inside of his mind and and how he thought and why he thought the things he did were okay. And we got to push back. We had a lot of people push back. We had Lev Parnas in there pushing back on him. We had a lot of (laughs) a lot of other guests in there pushing back on him. Uh, Now, yeah, people got to hear how he thought. But if if the way he thought is is out there and if you want to say crazy, I, I don't think it's harmful in just letting people see how he thought, especially given the fact that he pushed to do this. I didn't push him to do this. Yeah, but it is your space. And what I'm what I am uh, what I uh, I'm noticing, uh, Brian, is that we're asking you questions about like your feelings on this matter or what you were hoping to get out of it and you are answering with things like well he was he's served his time or um i didn't know i was going to get this amount of money i am not actually questioning your integrity in terms of uh why you post what you post or why you interact with media and social media the way you do but i am very curious why you think it is in some way like acceptable to talk to a person like Jacob Chansley, to talk to a person like Laura Loomer, and then to turn around as a Jewish man, as a, uh, 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 at one time, a proud liberal, to then turn around and say, well, I work with these people because I think they have something of value to say. Like, it's, it's very difficult 
for me to hear anybody say that somebody like Laura Loomer would have something valuable to say, to say that somebody like um, Jacob Chansley would have something valuable to say, because these people have already proved themselves to be clowns. I mean, there's there's a whole host of these people, and it sounds to me like you don't really have a line in terms of who you wouldn't speak to. And that's highly concerning when you are collecting a paycheck from the platform that you are speaking to these people on. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't particularly think that what they're saying has value, but understanding why they're saying it, I think, has value. Like, it, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna understand hate and why people are hateful if you just silence them, right? Like, I, I, I get what you're what saying. Is, what is the, what is the need to understand hate? Why would anybody need to understand hate? Well, I, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to understand where it's coming from, right? Like, I, I mean, it, it's yeah. It, what are they? It can teach us how to prevent it from happening again to younger people. It, Is it that can, happening on Twitter? Are people being less hateful on Twitter? Because the most hateful accounts are getting the most money. I'd be. I'd argue that it's the opposite right now. <laughs> right now. I, that's exactly what I was going to get into. Is the crux of it is I don't think that you're getting into any reasons of why this is happening. What 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 again again? What is your takeaway? What how what are we understanding about a guy like Chansley or Laura Loomer? How what are what are we understanding the conditions that create these people? Are we doing anything to be proactive about getting in front of it? What have we, what are we learning here? Well, I I think it was interesting to learn that he basically thought that, and, and don't I'm not I'm not quoting him directly that. He was some sort of alien and that he was dealing with with like quantum physics and yes. he was being called to it. Like like it was it was in, I, I feel it was important to understand why he was there. Like he was there because of these crazy ideas. He wasn't even and there. And so why was it necessary for you to talk to the man who thinks he's a space? We alien already knew he was, was severely mentally ill. Well, I, I, I don't see any reason. Like I don't see any damage. Like, like how is that damaging anything? Like, like who's that hurting? The U.S. Capitol was broken into by yeah, terrorists. Yeah, but, but by talking to him and and hearing why he did it and getting to push back on it and ask him questions, it, I, I feel that's better than silencing him. Like, like you, you have you have the media interviewing. <laughs> so what level? All the time. So what level should the what level of platform should any of these people have? Like how what heinous crime speaks for itself? If breaking into the Capitol doesn't speak for itself, and we have to talk to him about it, then what what heinous crime doesn't deserve a platform in a a Krasenstein Twitter space? Like what would you guys say no to? Uh, would you, for example, would you guys welcome Donald Trump into one of your spaces? Yeah, I would love to. Sorry, to just yeah. to also kind of give an example here. Like, um, what's his name? Milo Yiannopoulos. I forget his last Milo name. Yiannopoulos. Milo Yeah, you, I can't say it right now. <laughs> that dude. Like, he was deplatformed on pretty much most social media. Um, we haven't heard from him. He hasn't really organized. I think he was on the the Kanye West, like that super brief like yeah. Hitler holding arc. the Bible looking miserable. Yeah. Like he, he was, was working, the he was working to that. in that campaign. Yeah. yeah, he was working there. But I mean, other than that, like that dude is just like, I mean, he's gone. His ideas are gone. We don't have to understand these people, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say that deep. I, like th there's a part of me where it's like deep platforming absolutely does work. Yeah, I mean, in, the, it's it's pretty quantifiable that Alex Jones has received a massive financial hit by having been taken off of most platforms. And 
I mean, regardless of how you feel about whether hate speech or hateful speech has gotten less frequent on the site, the fact of the matter is that since he has been installed as the, since he has bought the platform, Elon Musk has, uh, uh, delegitimized uh, actual verified people by taking away check marks, thereby you know de- delegitimizing sort of like accurate information. It has become a less reliable place for information. It has uh, become more difficult to get good information in breaking news situations because now there are people with check marks making shit up about sharks you know floating down the street during floods, things like that. Most recently, he's now taking away all text related to uh, links to news sites. He's made his hatred of the media and of actual journalism very fucking clear as well as making his hatred of of people who are vulnerable minorities people who are in vulnerable populations very fucking clear and the thing for me is when someone does that i don't want to take their money especially when they're giving the rest of that money to people who are pretty awful um i feel like and and the thing that I think actually separates you, Brian, and I think that you have an extra responsibility here, um, is that not only um, are you taking his money, but you are one of the original people who was posting about how much money you got. It's been reported pretty accurately, I think, that the money that you got from your initial check was not actually pegged to the number of impressions you got. It was more like a fat check to make it look like this pla- this situation is going to be great. And I saw uh, you post- I, I, don't think, I don't think that's true. I saw I, you I mean- post a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, saying you can make a living from this, but you are of the- 0.0.0.0001% of people who could actually make a living from this, if anybody yeah, can. And, and, and the the question I have for you is, how is this anything but a Ponzi scheme? There are a couple of people at the very top making a lot of money. Other people who say that they're getting millions of impressions are getting, you know, $20 a month. Um, so I just don't understand how how you can like you are taking money from and thereby advertising for a person who is morally repugnant in every way and actively working against what I understood to be your political beliefs. So how do you square that circle? You are advertising for this thing that he does while simultaneously he is doing things that undermine your political beliefs. And at one point I thought that you were pretty liberal and like, I understood your worldview and I feel like I don't as well anymore. Yeah, so I, I think that where we differ is that I feel that what Elon is doing is is leading up to a better X or better Twitter where it will be less hateful, whereas you guys think the opposite is happening. So like, I, I think that's the big difference here. So like you not understanding that, I feel, is why you don't understand what I'm well, doing. we what we understand is that a huge number of uh, out and out fascists, as well as far right extremists, are getting paid in the same way that you are getting paid, and you seem to think that the money you are receiving has nothing to do with the hate posted by somebody like end wokeness, even though you guys are essentially contractors for the same employer. So and that's why like a lot of us advocate for not buying Twitter blue because we it, it legitimizes a system that we we believe to be laundering far right 
hate speech just to like that that's what a lot of us believe. yeah i mean that's the fundamental issue that's the fundamental block the blue thing was that it was not in an irrational hatred of elon musk it was the fact that now any random fascist can buy a blue check and this was before we knew that that they would get paid and they're getting paid more than you are so it seems i i can speak for myself and i think i can speak for the whole show here and saying we would not take money from x as it is right now because elon musk is platforming fascists in order to endanger the lives of people like the people on this call people who are black trans and jewish so so my content if you read my content it's not divisive it's pushing for for human rights it's pushing for equality if Elon Musk wants to pay me for that. What am I going to do? Say, hey, I'm going to just leave leave X. Yes, just just allow it to become <laughs> yes. an even worse. Echo well, yeah. here's here's I guess my point. May, like maybe I'm wrong here, and I, I think this is kind of the point we're all trying to like get to is oh. that it you in with you engaging with these people in good faith and, and taking this money, it legitimizes what this whole thing is. It legitimizes paying these these far right people it legitimizes this this hate speech because i'll be real i like of course uh, it's it's hard to say exactly because I've, I've gotten really big in the last like year um but I've, I've always had like a pretty big account on twitter um but in the last specific year that elon has taken over i have gotten i i, I before elon has taken over i don't think i've gotten as much like suit like um uh quote tweets on my posts or like replies to my tweets um, with like Wojaks, with uh, like uh, with with like nooses around like trans people's necks, or like really really aggressively transphobic replies. That and I'm like I would say I'm like a very strong willed person, but like to a really like someone who's maybe a bit more vulnerable would be very 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 uh, very bad. You if know? you like, are willing to do an interview with Nick Fuentes, it speaks to the fact that how safe this all is for you. That it's not material it's not real it doesn't impact you the same way that it might like uh, a more vulnerable person on the margins whether they are trans or black or jewish as, as some of us are um but the fact that you're willing to do that just speaks so, to so for the record i did turn down the interview with nick fuentes i'm looking at a tweet where you said if he was on twitter you'd talk to him yeah I, and and i i turned it down i, I and it's not going to happen okay but okay but so but the question still stands with other people. Like I asked you about Trump. You said you would interview Trump. And the question yeah. is, what do you think Donald Trump could say in your space that we haven't already heard from him? What 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 could be learned from an interview with the Krasensteins that can't be learned through court discovery in his uh, ongoing legal battles? People, people who want to hear from Trump are going to hear from Trump. I'd rather they hear me push back on him than Tucker Carlson laugh around and joke about him. Now, like, so do you think there aren't enough people in the media pushing back on Trump? Oh, I I think there's there's plenty. But I mean, if I got the opportunity to be able to interview the former president who I disagree with so vehemently, I I would take that opportunity. Um, So I, I guess the question is what. So if if. I was to leave X, what do you think would happen? So number one, the people that are pushing more, the more hateful content, they're going to get a bigger share of the advertising. Number two, there's going to be no or not no, but less voices from those on the left. And it's just going to become an echo chamber. 
I I would rather not see that. I I I think that when when the the people on the left started that block the blue thing and they were all saying, "Oh, don't don't buy the blue check. It's it's feeding Elon." What they didn't realize is that's silencing their own voices on Twitter. And and I don't think Twitter is is a bad place. I don't think it's any worse. I would argue that is better than pre-Elon. It wasn't like that in the first few months. I absolutely agree. <laughs> come I mean, on, I was dude. Getting, no one, no, no on. one believes that. That's my personal Be experience. Be so real, bestie. Come on. <laughs> That's my personal experience. Come on, bro. It's your personal experience because you've gotten paid like $25,000. Yeah, like, I think it was better, no. too. Come if on, man. That two months ago, I'd say the same thing. I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, but I, that doesn't make it right. I mean, the... The fact of the matter is that a huge amount of people and and a huge amount of our friends online have all completely stopped using Twitter altogether. And it is um and now there's it, more that now there's a higher percentage of hateful people because all the good people left. <laughs> yeah, that's Well, there's more of them now because you fucking unsuspended them all. <laughs> yeah, there was that Stormfront guy, like literal the guy like, who Nazis runs Stormfront has, has a Twitter account. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's it's it's. Do like, you yeah. ever see his posts in your feed, though? Like, no, I don't, I I don't follow him. any Nazis, Brian. Yeah, but well, well, that's it. So, so like, uh, the people that don't want to see it aren't seeing it. The people that but that's do, not how the algorithms are, work, Brian. They recommend things that they pe think people are going to want to see, and the and the pipeline. You know from, that better than from anybody. From slightly edgy material to outright fascism, based on algorithms, is well established, and it exists on YouTube, it exists on TikTok, and it very much exists on Twitter. Having those people back as a net negative not just for the site but for the fucking world dude yes i agree i i agree that when <laughs> elon came back and he unbanned those people it created more hate on the platform do i think that there's more hate on the platform now than than when elon took over no i i think there's actually less because i think so that you think right now so what you're saying is that you think right now is like the best time to be on twitter is what i think saying. that right now is is no worse than pre-Elon. Well, that is a scolding hot take, man. I don't I think a single one of our listeners is going to agree with you, and I don't think there is any more <laughs> we could push back on that specific point. But I do think that it's important to note that even if you would do this stuff for free, you must also recognize that getting paid to do what you're doing makes you look a lot worse. Like I could have the same exact type of Twitter account I have right now. But if Coca-Cola started paying me, people would be like, hey, why does Coca-Cola like that guy's tweets so much? And I think it's a fair question to ask, why does a transphobic, racist, beneficiary of apartheid like your tweets, Brian? But, but you're comparing you're comparing a social media platform to a brand. So like if if a brand that's say a brand that sold Nazi armbands wanted to advertise with me, of course I would say no. But the, the, a social media platform where there's 450 million people a month posting because they pay me and I didn't ask to be paid 
I'm not going to. Yeah, but I we- compared it to Coca-Cola. I didn't compare it to a Nazi armband. Well, well, yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola yeah, but- is, you know, doing all sorts of horrible stuff. And so is Elon. But you are taking money from Co- or from Elon. So I'm wondering, why do you think Elon pays you? Why does he like your tweets? If I could just say real quick, Elon's in your replies. It's not just like you're taking money from a corporation. You are. You guys are like, I, I don't know you what kind of conversations sort of you have behind the scenes. But publicly, you guys communicate as though you're pals. Yes, he, he DM'd me. Do you want to know what he said? Yes. I appreciate that you have a a dialogue with people and that you listen to both sides and come to sensible arguments. So I, I feel that that shows you that what's actually going on in Elon's mind. And if yes. a person, if a person who had a trans daughter was not currently speaking to his trans daughter I, because I she's so trans, I disagree with him on the, all right. the trans. Okay, so if that person said to me, "Hey, I love how fair and balanced you are," I would say, <laughs> "Holy fucking shit, what have I done wrong?" And you have yeah. said, "Oh, I can just endorse the check on the back. Thanks so much." No, but but he. So so if you had a friend <laughs> who liked Donald Trump, would you stop being friends with that friend? I, I mean, personally, I, personally, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I have family members that plan to vote for Trump, have voted for Trump. I, I know people who do vote for Trump. So, on this question, no. But, but the problem is that you're not push. As, at least as far as I see, you're not pushing back on a lot of this hateful stuff that he, I, I have. That he does. I, I have. I, I had. We are talking, we are talking about support. Comparing somebody voting for Donald Trump to somebody who has received over twenty thousand dollars from a transphobic racist are two totally different things. And this is the issue that I tried to address earlier. You aren't actually answering any of these questions. You are giving they, us information. You are not answering the question. Why do you think Elon likes your tweets? If you won't answer that, Brian, I will. I'll just say it. Why, why do I think he likes my tweets? I, I don't. Yes. Kn- I don't know. I, I would say that he likes. He wants to engage with both sides of the aisle. I, I think. Great. That- so why is it okay with you to engage with somebody like Elon Musk, somebody who is personally today targeting journalists in Taylor or in Taylor Lorenz specifically, um, just because he doesn't like them. A person who has uh, said truly horrible things about trans people, Jewish people, black people, uh, uh, immigrants, and somebody who now likes your stuff. Why is that okay with you to have a relationship with somebody like that? For the same reason why I had a Twitter space with Jacob Chansley. I, I have an opportunity to push back and I do. I, I've had several conversations within tweets with him where I've disagreed, uh, even about trans issues, like about the whole, about the whole, uh, the, the hormones and all that. And we, we shared different scientific studies. And I don't think it was an unfruitful conversation. I think it pointed to Do you to understand? Do you understand? To everybody reading it. The, the, when you foster the kind of environment that you do, where uh, it, it's niceness and niceties and politeness over substance, that is where reactionaries thrive. Like you are, by doing that, you are seeding space to them and you are creating the space necessary. It's like it's more than old. seeding the space. You're, you're providing cover for them, is what you're doing. Yes. By, the, by legitimizing this whole thing where fascists are allowed to receive money from Twitter by saying, Oh, it does it for everybody. What you're doing is, is you're providing cover for terrible behavior on the behalf of the owner of the site and on behalf of the other people who are getting the money. It, I, but once again, I believe that 
the things that are happening behind the scenes, the changes that are happening is gonna, are going to make Twitter a better or less hateful space. And it's not going to happen Certainly overnight. a more profitable one anyway. It, I, I don't I don't know. But I don't think it is going to be more profitable for, for Twitter. I, I think that ultimately it's it's going to be Elon believes in free speech. I don't believe I don't think I take such a hard line approach as Elon, but I don't see harm in people conversing with one another. But also I, I Elon's don't see belief harm, in free speech. It, is I, like I don't a- see harm in giving people a platform. As long as other people who disagree with them can push back and are free to do so. But Elon's belief in free speech is just a lie. Like, that's just a lie. Like, I mean, no one can say that with a straight face when you've seen him ban, uh, seen him ban uh, journalists for criticizing him. Um, it's, ab- it's just absolutely on its face, de facto false. No one believes it except people who really want to believe it because he is giving them a voice. It's just not true. He doesn't believe in free speech. What, and he has definitely got his finger on the scale for the fascists. This, this, I, notion, that, this notion that we're, we're pushing back on these people doesn't really hold a lot of water when it's like Jacob Chansley still thinks he's a space alien who was sent by God. Uh, 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 like Nick Fuentes would still be a racist after you talk to him. And so why have the conversation with these people whose relevance very much relies on these kind of interviews and that kind of benefit of the doubt when we could just as easily ignore them and make our money without taking any cash from racists and Nazis? Well, I I mean, why are there documentaries about serial killers and, and about horrible people? Like there's, there's, I, I remember that HBO did a whole series on the whole, uh, white supremacy movement and they interviewed them it, it doesn't it, telling a story is that what and you feel you've standing, done what's that you feel what you've done with people like jacob chansley with people like laura loomer you feel like you have shined an appropriate light on a human monster that we can appropriately understand the evils of i i, I hope that some of my pushback and other people's pushback <laughs> can do that so a documentary about like ted bundy calling him like the world's worst person alive you think is comparable to you giving some pushback on some of the points that they made in your twitter space yeah but in this case ted bundy's paying you what's that in this case ted (laughs) bundy is also documentary made (laughs) oh man i i i mean i don't know what else you say besides the fact that I don't have a problem having a conversation with people. If if people disagree with me, if people other people think they're a bad person, conversing with them isn't going to hurt anybody. If anything, it helps people understand where they're coming from. Especially why if you're getting paid doing. for the conversation, it helps. Like, it, what's it matter if I'm paid or not? I wasn't paid for any of these conversations. Because you are paid. That How am you- I paid for these conversations? You get money from Twitter. That, How? That's- from, from a Twitter space? You get paid by Twitter. So it's building no matter a brand. what Let's part not... of the Twitter that you Come use, on. you're still getting paid by Twitter. And are, so are people paying are people paying me to to host these conversations? Let's, let's be real. Let's make? be real about this. You know you're fostering and building a brand by doing these things. If you're able to cite advertising guidelines, you know a thing or two. And based on your history, I know for a fact 
you know a thing or two about building a brand. You know exactly what you're doing when you do a Twitter space or a podcast just like this, even though you came in here. Props to you for that, by the way. Knowing that you were going to get yelled at because ultimately <laughs> you are fostering a brand. So let's just like let's not beat around the bush. Let's not say that these things aren't important to you as a content creator. Can we at least agree yeah, on I, that? I, I mean, I like I, I so so. First of all, I enjoy you guys yelling at me, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, like is there? We I, th I think we can we can say that we res we respect <laughs> you coming in and, and sticking with us at the very least. <laughs> so so like. Regardless of if I get paid by X, is that increasing harm caused by me having conversations with people you disagree with? Yes. Yeah. How, how yeah. so? <laughs> for the reasons we've been discussing for about 52 minutes and 34 seconds. I'm going to try count. and I'm going to try and lay it out for you. Okay. There, there are certain, there are certain opinions that, you're familiar with the concept of the Overton window, right? There are certain right. there are certain opinions that when you entertain them, you are yanking them into the Overton window, or you and you are yanking the Overton window further to the right. You entertaining the ravings of a of a crazy seditionist, uh, because of your political leaning, then legitimizes those opinions. You taking money from a transphobe who actively tries to suppress and harm journalists who actually tried to get the previous trust and safety person who like allowed him to be chased out of his home. Like you are legitimizing that behavior by taking his money, by engaging those people. That is my belief. There are certain things that are beyond the pale and you have stepped way over the line on that. And that's where I stand. Alex Goldberg, personally, I'm not speaking for Western Kabuki. I think that everybody else on, uh, on this call though probably thinks the same way. Yeah, I, I mean, I number one, I didn't ask to be paid. I would be using Twitter if I wasn't paid. So if Elon's paying, you familiar me with the concept of blood money? Like that's what we're saying. <laughs> but, like you're but taking it, money from a person who is actively harming people. You have the option it, yeah. not to. It's a little bit of taking overkill it, there. Take no, I don't think it is. Is it not over? Is how in the world is it overkill with the way he is treating, especially trans people, especially the way he talks about trans Didn't somebody people. just get it's, killed for hanging a pride flag in the window of their business? Yes, and yes they yeah, fucking from, did. They followed all those people on Matt Twitter Walsh that you have conversations with. TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's, it's it's totally absurd because if you had turned down the money. Or if you gave it back now, you understand that your position would be a lot stronger in terms of, hey, I gave them pushback. I did X, Y, and Z. But you haven't done that. You took money from them. And but, 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 that but I, I, changes but, the situation. No matter what you would have done or if you had a different situation, you would have behaved differently. That doesn't actually change what the situation is now. And you are comfortable taking the blood money from a person who is platforming fascists on purpose. While I disagree with a lot of Elon's takes, a lot of his tweets, I think a lot of them are ridiculous. I think a lot of them are to just drive engagement. I don't think that the way he's running Twitter is bad. I, I think that if you fast forward a year from now, I think a lot's going to change. Do I disagree with Elon? I disagree with so many people about so many things. If every person that I ever disagreed with on any topic, I decided, hey, I'm not going to do business with you. I, I think it would it would be a mess. What if society worked that way? Well, it doesn't work that way because you can have a conversation one-on-one -on -one without broadcasting it to thousands of people. 
I do it every day. Yeah, it's really annoying when he does it to me too. I hate it. But <laughs> um, but I mean, the thing is that you're again, your your position is incredibly weaker because you're taking money from him. It's way different than yeah, just but, having but, a conversation. But my position hasn't changed from when I wasn't taking money. I, I've been doing the same exact things as before I even knew I was going to get paid. So can I, can, I actually want to give some, uh, I, I went back and like, cause, cause you've, you've said multiple times tonight and just before in the past when people have come at you that you, you don't tweet any different than you used to. But I, I looked back at like old tweets in the Trump era specifically. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, free, free unbanning. I, okay. I was totally so, different. So, so what changed that though? Because like yeah. I have some tweets here where like one tweet says impeach Trump 2018, impeach Trump 2018, impeach Trump 2018. And it goes on for about 10 more times. Another one, one of my favorites of yours, by the way, while many of you are likely yelling, go Patriots or go Rams, <laughs> I'm yelling, go Robert Mueller and their rule of law. So, so like y- you do post differently, like, and, and another one here, we love the FBI. We love the FBI. We, <laughs> so like you do, like you've changed in, in pretty noticeable ways that I, th- I feel like people who've known you for the like yeah. I've I've known of you for the last like maybe six or seven years like he, we we have noticed some changes Brian, in how you've approached content creation is getting yeah, banned so- like in Game of Thrones when you die and get resurrected you come back different less than maybe is this what, <laughs> is what we're going <laughs> so so this is what happened so in so we were banned May 2019 and we got unbanned in November of last year and like we had that like three and a half year gap. I can't tell you how how like liberating it was to not have to deal with all the hate that we got on Twitter from the Trump years. And so when we came back, we were like, do we want to come back? Like, like, so we're getting our account back. Do we want it? Like what how what are we gonna do when we get it back? And and when I say we, I mean Ed, Ed and I. And we actually sat down and, and we we said this is I I think we gotta change things. I don't think replying to Trump with outrage every single second we got really did anything. Like it it just it people on the left it just reinforced their ideas and and maybe made them laugh at us and like us. People on the right it just made them hate us more. It I don't think it did anything. So when we came back, like, like we actually said, let's do something to like bring both sides together. And we actually had a, a, like the first week we came back, we did a video, a video cast with Carpe Donctum, who's the meme guy that Trump invited to the, the White House. The first meme to- maker to the God Emperor of the United States of America, uh, it, I yeah. think is how he preferred to be called at one point. Yes. So, so we did that and, and we actually got... Carpe Donctum banned in like 2019 by like re- reporting something he said to us and he hated us. So we reached out to him. I'm like, let's just have a conversation in, in a, in a video. And, and we didn't talk politics. We talked a little bit about him getting invited to the white house. We talked about sports, our kids, and it, it went really well. And from, from then we, we just said like, like, let's at least try to start a dialogue. And this was before we had any idea that things were going to be monetized. We just didn't care. Like, like who cares? If we get followers, we get followers. If we lose followers, we lose followers. It's not worth being divisive because things are so divided already. So th- like that, that's why we changed. 
And since so, the, the but again, with the Overton window thing, you are saying that because you spoke to Carpe Donctum, you were able to uh, uh, bridge some divide between these two sides that you keep referring to. But as far as the left and the right goes, once you sit down with Carpe Donctum, you are sitting down with a somebody who represents an ideology, and and any uh, uh, opening of the the the, the 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 gate to let that ideology into somebody else's head could then bring the two sides together by making them further right, making people more hateful, making people more uh, encouraged to spread hate and violence. It, it usually pushes people more towards the middle, and I feel like the most... But the middle be between hate and violence and people living their lives no, doesn't I, need to be I would negotiated. Argue that, I would argue that there's people on the left that are also hateful, uh, maybe not as many as on the right, but there's, there's definitely far left individuals who have hate towards people on the right, have hate towards other people. So, so there is right. a middle ground. Right. Uh, but even, but we're not, I'm not talking about hate in a vacuum. I am talking about individuals who commit hateful acts of violence against typically minority groups. And if we need to negotiate between hate crimes and uh, not doing hate crimes, then we have already lost because we are negotiating with somebody willing to commit a hate crime. So if the question is, should we lynch a black guy and somebody says no and somebody says yes and we need to bring those two sides together, I don't see how that's going to work out for the black guy because it's we are now negotiating the value of well, his well, life, well, which well, is what you what willingly was. do when you speak with fascists. Yeah, 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 but but what if it was one side saying let's lynch this black guy, and the other side saying let's lynch this white guy, and you come together and you say let's lynch nobody? That would probably be a more accurate. Uh, Has that been your experience? Unless you're lynching the guy who wants to lynch the black guy. I mean, this hypothetical is so absurd to begin with. But let's be let's not equate these two things as being the same. So 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 right. so, 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 so I, like so me talking to Carpe Doncum, I I don't I. Nothing's going to be accomplished if both sides just keep shutting both the other side out and pretending that everybody on the other side is super extreme. And that's what's happening. But people don't think this way. People don't have this like I'm on this side and they're on that side thing in real life. Most people don't think that way. I, I certainly don't find myself thinking that way. But I do see individuals who propose violence as a solution for things they see as social ills. And what they see as social ills are things like race mixing and the Jews controlling the media and trans people grooming our children. And with those people, I don't see any value in negotiating our two sides. I see a lot of value in ignoring well, but, but, them entirely. But Carpe Donctum wasn't calling for people to be killed. It, it was, right. but but what about all the other people that you said you would speak with and have spoken with and et cetera? I mean, uh, uh, well, I don't I, know. I haven't watched every one of Carpe Donctum's little jib jab animations, but well, I've heard Donald didn't Trump didn't, speak about Muslims, I, and you said you would speak to him. So I, I find it. Chansley didn't call for anybody to be murdered either. He, I, uh, I mean, he broke into the U.S. Capitol. Uh, he is a domestic yeah, terrorist. But, he, but that's because. But but wasn't it? I I feel it was interesting and important to understand what was going through his head at the time like knowing that stuff 
law enforcement, they want to know that stuff because that's how you get into the head of criminals and get to understand why people think certain ways. I don't see harm in that. It's one thing if I put Jacob Chansley on it and, and just let him blab to all of my followers without actually debating him or having a discussion is another thing you just have a conversation okay so back only let some people, people only some people will be convinced by jacob chansley because you push back on him instead of everybody being convinced by him because of the platform you gave him only some of your audience will be convinced by him and and you see that as a win K uh, caleb i think you you wanted to to go into something uh because we've we've kind of treaded on this already uh Caleb, did you want to go into your kind of like final? Yeah, final. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess I just wanted to ask, first of all, uh, Alex alluded to this a little bit earlier and I didn't want to cut anybody off. Do you uh, do you consider X premium with all the people making money at the top, most of the people not able to make any money at all, but they have to buy into this? Do you consider that a Ponzi scheme or do you consider it similar to a Ponzi scheme? No, because the, the vast majority of people that bought a X premium didn't buy it to monetize their account. I mean, monetization just started what, like two months ago. I, I would argue that the vast majority of people are doing it for what it provides. Uh, it's just, it's just an, it's, it's like paying for Disney plus premium or something you, like that. You, you know, but like, you wrote a, because <laughs> you wrote a how to God and how to make money on the platform with yourself holding a check for $20,000 or whatever it was that you'd, you'd hand drawn or whatever it was. So, I mean, is there a financial incentive for you to get people signing up for X premium? Uh, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that the more X premium users, the more advertising mm -hmm. revenue that, I could get, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. such a blip in the whole scheme of things. You, you don't get, you don't get some kind of referral bonus. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, but you, you don't just more broadly think that maybe Elon is at the top of this scheme, uh, or <laughs> well, I mean, a so. business owner is always at the top of any business, right? They're profiting off of everything. But normally a business sells a product and not the ability to make money off of the business because those businesses are called Ponzi schemes. Well, but but you're saying that Twitter Blue is all about making money, and like that's not what it's about. It's eight dollars a your month. Bo the book you wrote was about that. But well, I I gave advice to people who wanted to. Now most of those people were already Twitter Blue users. Some of them are there people signing up because they want to take the opportunity to make money. Yeah, but I I mean I don't see any damage in that. That's like if YouTube charged a a monthly fee for I I think many other. I, I believe other social platforms charge somebody to join the, the creator programs. And it, it's no different than that. You're, you're spending money. YouTube and TikTok don't do that. What's that? YouTube and TikTok. I, I, I've no. seen others that do. I, I don't know which ones. Uh, I'll, I'll look but it up. But the reason they don't is because it would appear to be a Ponzi scheme if you had people pay in order to make money on the site. Well, so, so if, if there's actually value that you're getting out of paying the monthly fee aside from what value are you getting for paying for twitter blue because i just paid for it for well, a month and i would love to know what value yeah. there is <laughs> it seems like I, the only well, value well, you got was getting yelled at by a whole lot of people <laughs> over it well i <laughs> mean even if well, i hadn't gotten yelled at the, the the ability to edit your tweets is a huge waste of time because it's just as quick to delete it and it doesn't have the big idiot stamp that says i had to edit this tweet <laughs> and i paid for twitter on it <laughs> well caleb you bring up ponzi schemes for a specific reason right like you're 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 bringing this up for a specific reason. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I guess I'll just be uh, blunt with you, Brian, when I, I see you kind of, you know, going hard in the paint on this, what seems to be at least Ponzi scheme adjacent to some of the stuff that you guys did in your early years um, online, you and your brother with, you know, Top Gold and Moneymaker Group, which I really wanted to get into with you on the last uh, last interview that we had. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? And then I have a couple questions. Sure. I, yeah. I'm going no, to no drop problem. out the panel. So tell, tell, first of all, tell me uh, from your perspective, kind of how that went down. It was, you guys were selling baseball cards on, I think it was eBay at first. And then you started getting into like making these forums. Yeah, no. So, so the forums that were related to the, our house getting raided <laughs> in 2016, it, it was talk gold moneymaker group. These were basically webmaster forums. Uh, they also discussed investments. They discussed I mean, a variety of topics. Uh, I mean, I could list them all, but that would bore you. But but the the issue that we had was that these sites we sold ads to companies, and some of the advertisers they were selling ads for what turned out to be Ponzi schemes. Now we had no idea that they were Ponzi schemes. We had <laughs> policies all over our website to report anything, any ad that you feel might be a Ponzi scheme. And when they were reported, we would look into it. We'd look at what you what you have and we would remove the ads. So these same ads were also the exact ads posted on Google and Facebook. Uh, the government thought we were more involved than we were. They thought that we were actually working with this Russian organization who had actually 17 different companies uh, disguised as other companies and they were that was running. quadriga right no no quadriga is a whole separate yeah, issue that's that my patron who i'm going to ask about okay. in a second yeah so, so so it was this russian organization it was actually called perfect money and it was a money exchange it was kind of like a pre-crypto and they were secretly running 17 other companies that were basically like these hedge funds out of out of europe and they purchased advertising from us over the course of, I think like five or six years as, as these 17 companies, we had no idea they were connected. The government thought that we were basically working with this perfect money company to basically promote these Ponzi schemes because these Ponzi schemes advertised on our site and they raided us. Uh, they, they accused us of basically being part of them. And I mean, I could go into all the details. It's related to an email that Ed sent to somebody because somebody was trying to hack our site and he pretended to be this one company that happened <laughs> to be one of the Ponzi schemes to try and catch this guy. Mm -hmm. And they had that email. So that was the probable cause. And we were raided. We had helicopters flying over our homes. They seized all of our assets uh, for months before we even knew what was going on. We had to fly out to Las Vegas uh, where we had a proffer where basically you sit before the the investigators uh, and the prosecutor uh, and tell them everything you know. And you had to tell them everything you know. If you didn't, it was basically you were putting yourself up for five years in prison, uh, lying to a federal agent. Uh, so we did that. Uh, we explained the situation. We explained to them that we had nothing to do with them. Uh, they still pushed back and they said, you should have known 
that these were Ponzi schemes. And there, there really was nothing we could have done. Uh, we actually ended up removing the ads from our sites, even though the government said, don't, don't remove the ads. Uh, I don't think they wanted to screw up like what, who they were investigating. We actually did remove the ads. Our lawyer told us we could. And we put Google AdSense, AdWords on, which is basically Google's ad system. The same exact ads appeared on our site from Google. Uh, so Google couldn't tell either. Nothing had, we, we were never arrested. We were never charged with a crime. The government then filed a civil, a civil suit against us, civil asset forfeiture. Basically, it's suing the assets we got from these companies over six years. Uh, and it, it would basically be, go to court and we'd have to fight and show and prove to, prove to them like that this money wasn't from this dirty organization. So we ended up settling. It was like for $400,000. Uh, it would have cost us about that to fight it in court, in the civil court. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It, it. We weren't running Ponzi schemes. We weren't, we weren't purposely selling ads to Ponzi schemes. Uh, and it got blown out of proportion on, on Twitter. Did you ever, um, so we were talking about uh, Michael Patron earlier. Is it, am I saying that Patron, Patron? Doesn't matter. Oh, oh Michael Patron, yeah. Yes, Patron. Uh, did you ever advertise any of his services? I know he ran uh, an exchange, uh, among other things. And you used his exchange by your own admission, I believe. I, I watched yeah, a video yeah. on you. So these exchanges, he advertised his exchange essentially as a way to- uh, I, I don't know if he ever advertised with us. I. I, think I don't he think did. he did. I, I think he posted, I think he used, it was a forum. It was a message board. Mm -hmm. So he, he probably posted his exchange in post. He on, never on gave you, site. are you saying that he never gave you any money? I don't, I mean, this was 10 years ago. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, I, I can't say for sure. I don't think he did. I think that he did because I saw based on uh, some reporting that somebody had done on this that he did. And he was offering um, essentially a way to launder money on your guys' website. It was by out and out, he said it was, the ad copy was for uh, uh, – you'd wire him cash and he'd send you money back through uh, his e-currencies or the other way around so that you could help obscure, obscure people's financial trail. Well, well he, he, was an ex he was an exchanger. Mm -hmm. He didn't advertise any of those services on my site. He never advertises exchange service on your website. I, I don't know. He there I, was there was a company called M Gold, mm -hmm. which he claimed he didn't he didn't run. I don't know if he ran, but that service didn't advertise that on a, the the ads mm -hmm. were not for money laundering. It was it was an exchange. It was pre Bitcoin. It was a e currency called I think it was Liberty Reserve at the mm -hmm. time. Well, he had a and bunch was, of them. Yeah, so he was Liberty Reserve. He ended up exchanging Bitcoin, and then he ended up doing. He ended that. up exchanging Bitcoin at uh, your suggestion, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you talk to this guy. It seems like you're kind of downplaying it, but by your own admission, I saw an old comment of yours that you talked to this guy every day, just about, and you really didn't know what he was doing, what he was up to. No, he talked to me about like life. Like mm -hmm. it, 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 he wouldn't. It, he would never tell me if he he was doing anything shady. He knew that I would have never have worked with him if I did, if he did. Brian, his screen name was Velour, which is the French word for thief. 
Valor was not, it was Petran on, on my site. Mm -hmm. I think later we found out that he was running the account <laughs> So you didn't know he was. You didn't know that he was the the doing. You didn't know he was doing. Um, I guess money laundering. You didn't know he was doing any of the scamming. You didn't know any of this, even though you talked to him every day on your own website. Correct. Yeah. No. We, I. I mean, we. I would not have used him to exchange if we thought he was laundering money for us or for mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Did you? So, what did you use his exchange for then? So we, we accepted ads. Uh, we sold ads on our sites. Uh, people paid in various ways. One was Bitcoin. One was Liberty Reserve, which was its e-currency. Most people paid with PayPal. Uh, but yeah, so if we got paid in Liberty Reserve, the only way to exchange it was through an exchanger. There were several exchanges. This was in 2000 and I guess 12 and prior, maybe 2006 to 2012. Mm -hmm. And do you think maybe there were reasons people were paying with these currencies instead of maybe U.S. dollar? Were people paying for them? Reasons what, that what they were, were the reasons that they were using these currencies over the U.S. dollar? Well, it's it was it's kind of the same as Bitcoin. So yes, yeah, some of them were scammers. Some mm -hmm. of them, they, okay. some of them, it was quick, easy. You didn't have chargebacks. You could send money overseas without having to have money I... transfer fees. It was the same same concept as Bitcoin, only that it was centralized. It sounds like the only thing that makes that it makes easy is kind of doing crime. Because I mean, using Bitcoin in 2012 for the average person, very much not uh, a simple process. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I think I got. I, what I, I, I mean, you can say the same thing with Bitcoin right now. Yeah, it, it makes it easier to do crime. Everybody using it mm. isn't doing crime. Well, I. <laughs> Earlier, I think Bitcoin has become a bit more acceptable for mainstream transactions. There's been a lot of push for that. At 2012, you can make the argument that it was all early investors and people who were just doing unscrupulous things, but that's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask then, uh, did you ever on your, your high-up sites uh, or any of the other ones, you ran a bunch. The two famous ones are Talkworld and Moneymaker Group, but you had a bunch of others. Did you ever... Um, review on your forums a company that you took money from you when you were reviewing uh, these high ups did you ever take any money in advertising from a, a company that you talked about no so we we never reviewed anything on our forums we, we would never actually promote anything so like what we we didn't want to like i didn't want to give financial advice to anybody so no so you would say but you 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 would essentially, if something was what you thought was a scam, you would move that to the scam section of the boards. If I'm understanding the, the architecture correctly, correct. So, so, so we had something. If people reported it, we had I think a hundred and some thousand users using our message board. If if there were people reporting that a hedge fund or one of these high yield programs were not doing what they claimed to do, or that they were a scam, we would move it to the scam section. Did yeah. you, so you personally never reviewed anything. You only no. made the decision. I, 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 to I mean move it was a, it was a, a message board. It yeah, was like you posting on Twitter. Sure. No, I understand. I was uh, I have seen them. Um so it was that you don't ever think there was any sort of financial conflict of interest. How how so as in if somebody's for it's hypothetical somebody has their other high up on there and and uh people are saying it's a scam you're not moving it to the scam section because they're paying for advertising revenue. No, we never ever let that get in the way. And mm -hmm. I have emails from people complaining 
about us moving their their folder basically oh, i'm sure they're very mad but i just wonder how many uh got to stay up long after or you know no so the ads would be removed and it will be removed to the scam section and we made sure we did that <laughs> uh we had warnings all over our site contact us if somebody's doing something that is not what they claim to be doing mm -hmm. I know that the DOJ seemed satisfied with your whatever level of cooperation. I mean, it's hard to say because a lot of the stuff is still sealed, but the DOJ seemed for whatever level of cooperation you had, I know you guys refused to testify against perfect money uh, out of fear of your own safety, understandable. Uh, and then just the asset seizure was, was good enough for them to leave you alone. But do you ever wonder, because a lot of the people from that era are still getting popped. Do you, are you ever concerned that another branch of the government is going to open up an investigation or is currently still looking into you guys? No, I, I'm, I know for a fact that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. How do you know for a fact? Uh, so I, first of all, the, the sites were shut down in 2016. So it's been seven years mm -hmm. since the sites were shut down. Uh, we signed an agreement when we did, when we did settle that there's nothing that they they're coming after us for because we did nothing wrong. But that was just the uh, DOJ that you signed with. I, I right, think right. in that so letter, they specifically said that they can't speak for any other branches of the federal government. That's why I asked yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, but I mean, it's been seven years that they would have, they would have came after us by now. I don't know. That's a pretty long financial, a uh, lot of paper trail. I mean, I just, the reason that I ask is because I well, saw well, a statute of limitations would have passed. So, you know, well, I mean, if they're still investigating, I don't know. Because the reason I asked is like well, if, the, if there's someone... an ongoing crime, then then that's correct. But uh, the sites were shut down. We haven't sold an ad since mm -hmm. uh, on either of those websites. Uh, and we basically, we sold ads via Google for probably a year after that. And <laughs> they were far worse than the ads we were selling. Sure. I just was curious, you know, some of the people that used to advertise on your website, I think it was Icom Tech and Four Count uh, just got, uh, geez, nine months ago. You know, so I was just curious if that was something that you guys were looking in in your rearview window or anything like that. No, I had no concern. Mm -hmm. I I know I never did anything wrong or illegal. And if like I I would never do anything illegal. We made sure that what we were doing was okay. We spoke to attorneys who told us it was okay. We got advice from attorneys. We made sure that we could do everything to protect the members of our forum. And this was seven years ago. And and there's nobody that I've ever found to claim that we actually hurt anybody in any way by selling ads. Well, you did kind of create an environment in which these people could advertise scams. I mean, I would... Well, I, I mean, these, these were forum... So such a small section of the forum was related to these hedge funds. The rest, it was related to basically webmaster forums, SEO. Uh, it was related to, to, there were sections related to sports. There were sections related to- Well, it was a big enough uh, section of the website for the Department of Justice to to get their attention. I mean, you know, right, I, right. I don't want to downplay they thought it. We were, they thought we were, we were basically helping to run this criminal organization in Russia. Brian, you understand the through line that I'm trying to make here is that you guys seem to be on the periphery of a lot of just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, what to make of you. I just, 
because I'm because I'm accepting money from Elon Musk in what you think's a Ponzi scheme. You think it that, seems adjacent. Like, some <laughs> connection here. I just seems that you know if you guys were okay with creating an environment in which Ponzi schemes could exist. And it was, it, it wasn't then. an environment. It was an environment for people to do dil due diligence against some of these hedge funds. And what the whole the second purpose that, of the these- The second that a hype would get pegged as, as a scam, enough people fell for it. You just move it to the closed section and you get to be the good guys. And these other new ones get to hop on in. You know, it's a, it's a whole ecosystem or someone could make that claim. Well, I'm no, not but, saying but, that you but, did that. But, so, so you're, you're acting like, like it was all all these investments. It was mm-hmm. the for, the sites were not just related to investments. They were related the to all was kinds of money maker things. Group. We sold, I mean, it was we about making thousands money. of ads. We sold thousands and thousands of the ads throughout the year. Only a fraction were to any of these people that the the seventeen companies out of probably five thousand companies that advertised with us were the ones that were related to this government investigation. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think that you've answered my questions. I just was curious if there was any sort of through, through line between uh, what I would consider to be uh, Ponzi scheme adjacent with X Yeah, to this. They, they, like you're, you're like you're saying that <laughs> Elon Musk is running a Ponzi scheme. If, if that was a case, do you know how quickly the SEC would be involved. No, because it's not. I'm not saying that he's running like a Ponzi scheme in the sense that it's like an, an investment strategy or something. But when everybody has to buy in, and only a few people at the top make money, and everybody on the bottom is paying money, well, I mean, it's a similar financial structure. Not only that, but there's a whole process of recruitment in a Ponzi scheme where there are people at the top who get paid a bunch of money and they use that as the model by which other people who are definitely not going to get paid the same amount in spite of the amount of impressions they're getting. Um, and I mean, that's literally what's happening. There are people, racist or not, who are like, oh, well, it's fucked up. I got 9 million impressions and I got paid $27. Like, it's happening. The fact but of the matter I, is it's I happening. would say like the, a better comparison if you wanted to go that route, and it, it's not at all that route, I, w- I don't think would be an MLM, like a multi-level marketing program. Okay, I'll which, take it. <laughs> I'll take which, that. which would be <laughs> gleefully. Which would be well, well, it's not illegal. Right. It's not illegal, but it's still, I, I mean, I think most of our listeners would would agree that it's pretty immoral. Well, well um, but, but, or, but here's or just very... Well, I, I mean, there's actually a lot of successful corporations that are built on MLM structures. But, but successful the, the, for who? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's just a sales program, right? Like, I... I I mean, there's like Tupperware companies that are. And I mean, there's Brian. Do you really want to be standing up for like Amway and stuff right now? Is that what you <laughs> well, want? Where you want to well, plant well, your flag? Right? So, so, like, I'm not. <laughs> but, but I mean, those are legal companies that whether you want to say they're immoral or not. But this, here's the difference: that with with X, right? You're not referring people. Like, an MLM is all about referring other people to sell. And what what. X is doing, you're paying for a service. And yes, there you get something for that $8. You get to edit posts, you get to add different uh, formatting to your posts, you get longer posts, you get to highlight posts, you get bookmarks, you get custom app icons, you get to do top, you, you get to use the top article feed. There's there's just a laundry list of things that you can do. So that eight dollars so, is. I mean, I paid it before I thought I was going to get get any money because eight dollars is worth it to me. But you. So so I think so. We're going to wrap up. But I I think that the the main thing here is that 
our our main through line here is that Elon Musk paid you specifically that first round of payments a lot of money as a recruitment method to get more people to 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 sign up for uh, Twitter Blue X Premium, whatever you want to call it. So so it's like it's maybe not as blatant as traditional like Ponzi schemes, but what we're I think trying to to get across is that you may, maybe. Of course, maybe you're not willingly going a lot. Like it's it's not like an intentional thing on your part, but it is like a a unintentional Ponzi scheme that you're going along with. Is I think maybe our point here. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree with that. I I see what the what the line is that you're drawing, but I I don't think that's the case. Uh, I I I I feel that you guys are are pointing to an actual service and just because advertisers are paying and that ad revenue is split by users that you think that's a Ponzi scheme. I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. I, I see where you're coming from. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, I think, yeah. uh, uh, my, my questions yeah. are answered. Thanks for hopping in on that June. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're pretty much ready to wrap up. I know that I think we went a little longer than you intended to stay here right now. It's, thank you so much for uh, going through the gauntlet. Last time we had you on, it was we. I think we were a little bit more friendly. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind it. I'm than, fine with it. Than this time, no. Then we figured of all people, you would you would be ready to be a, like yelled at a little <laughs> bit. So <laughs> you had me a little stressed out, but I'm okay. <laughs> well thank, you, thank so you for coming brian is there anything you would like to shout out plug anything like that i uh, know you, you can just tell people to uh twitter and click so my far. twitter so I yeah may... okay cool all right well thanks again brian we appreciate you coming on take it yeah, easy no yeah thank you so much yeah.